We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's July 27th. It's 2021. We have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Ryan Solo today, big slate. Grant wasn't feeling well, so told him to go get better. And um, I take care of this one. So we're gonna get through these games. A lot to talk about. Big slate here. A lot of um, a lot of like iffy pitching types of plays on this slate so i mean it will be really interesting to see where ownership looks like um you know closer to lineup lock here so let's get into it we get started with milwaukee at pittsburgh anderson against anderson fred anderson against tyler anderson eight total in this game milwaukee's a 125 favorite starting here with brett anderson not a big strikeout guy, 11.5% on the season, you know, pitch to contact, tries to generate ground balls. So don't really have any interest in him here in this spot at 7,200. I think he's somewhat expensive. Tyler Anderson on the other side, he's 7K, facing an offense that is very hit or miss against left-handed pitching. On a different slate, I would say you could take shots on Tyler Anderson. I don't know if I end up taking shots on him on this one. He did, at the beginning of July, put up 28 fantasy points um, against this team. So, I mean, if you want to take shots, I don't think it's too crazy to take shots here on Tyler Anderson. But I think overall, not going to have a ton of interest in him. As far as the Milwaukee Bats go, I mean, Adamas is always someone that has power. Um, Garcia is another guy that has power against left-handed pitching. Those would be the two guys I'd be looking at the most here. 
I mean, you could take shots on Kane throughout his career. Kane has been better against left-handed pitching. Um, he's supposed to be back for this series. Um, I'm, a, I was a, kind of assuming that he was going to play here. So, um, so if he does come back, he's 3,200 and we'll kind of have to see if he's expected to play the whole game or not on the Pittsburgh side. I mean, I don't hate Pittsburgh here. Hayes and Reynolds, um, maybe Stallings would be where I would end up on some of these Pittsburgh bats, you know, looking at pricing. I think that's the obvious, um, juicy part of looking at this team you play Reynolds Hayes and Stallings and they're all under 4k and use them as like a secondary stack in this one so don't mind Pittsburgh wish it was in a better ballpark but I do think they're going to make a lot of contact in this game so they are very playable Washington at Philly nine and a half total in this game Philly's a 125 favorite Eric Fetty against Mac Moore um, as far as like fed goes, I don't really have a ton of interest in him in this spot. I really don't like either one of these pitches fed, you know, five X fifth on the season, 20% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate does generate enough ground balls, but I don't think this is a spot where on a 15 game slate, we're looking for guys that generates ground balls. So don't have a ton of interest in him. And then Matt Moore on the other side, again, low strikeouts, big-time walk rate, and just has been absolutely atrocious against right-handed bats this season. So um, the Washington bats, I have a ton of interest in these guys. Um, you know, obviously Juan Soto is super expensive. Trey Turner is super expensive. But the rest of the stack, Josh Harrison is cheap. Escobar is cheap. Zimmerman's 3.1K. Um, Kaboom could be in the lineup here. He's really cheap. Um if you're playing over there on DraftKings, he's 2,100. So I think that this Washington team is definitely one of those stacks that I'm going to be kind of paying attention to ownership and hoping that they fly under the radar. But, I mean, I think this total is going to go up as well. Uh, on the Philly side, I mean, Harper, obviously, McCutcheon and Romu or Hoskins and Romuto would be your main targets here. I think McCutcheon is still, you know, very reasonably priced. Having quietly a really decent season. Um, so I think McCutcheon, very playable here at 4,200. Miami at Baltimore. This game has a 9.5 total. Miami is a slight favorite here at minus 130. It's Alcantara against Watkins. Um Alcantara is super interesting in this game at 8,500. I mean, I wish this game was in Miami. I'd have a lot more interest in, in him if this game was in Miami. He's very good against righties. And I mean, outside of DJ Stewart and Mullins, this is a very right-handed heavy team. So I, I like this spot according to like just kind of looking at the matchup. You know, he has big-time strikeout stuff against righties. He limits the damage against righties. And if he's really at the end of the day going to face like two lefties. I think he's very playable in this spot. And like DJ Stewart's a lefty, but he has a 30% K rate against right-handed pitching this season. So I think overall you could definitely look at Alcantara again, wish this game was in Miami, but I think 8,500 is a price tag that he could put up 25 plus fantasy points here. He has struggled a little bit recently, but I mean, I think this matchup is a matchup that really fits like his style. Watkins on the other side. I mean, this guy's really struggled with command. You know, he's been really solid against lefties, but he's really struggled with righties. And I mean, this is a very right-handed heavy offense. 
He's 5,600. And again, he does have some strikeout upside. He threw 92 pitches. He's thrown at least 83 pitches in three straight starts. Pitched really well against Tampa last time out. Um, I mean, at this price tag, if you're playing a lot of tournament teams, I definitely could see the appeal of taking some shots here on Spencer Watson. But, I mean, overall, I don't have a ton of interest, but I don't also have a ton of interest in these bats. I mean, I think Duvall is super interesting. This guy's allowed a lot of hard contact and fly balls in a small sample size uh, to right-handed hitters. So, I think Duvall is someone that is uh, very much in play. But, overall, I, I think Watkins is someone you could take a shot on and maybe taking a one-off of Marte, Duvall, Aguilar, potentially three-man stacking it, but it's not my favorite thing to do. On the Baltimore side, I mean, Alcantara, like I said, very good against righty. So if you want to target Mullins or Stewart, I don't hate that idea. Um, but overall, I have a lot more interest in this um, Alcantara spot than I do in the Baltimore bats. Atlanta at New York facing the Mets. Uh, this game, there's no current total out for this one. It's going to be Morton, and it sounds like it's going to be Anthony Banda um, pitching what looks to be a bullpen type of game for the Mets. Um, we'll have to see if they make any call-ups or anything, uh, but it looks like it's going to be a bullpen game for the Mets. Um, Charlie Morton, 9,800 here going up against um, the Mets. I mean, I think the price tag is the sticker shock is the biggest thing here. I mean, there are some strikeouts in this lineup, but I mean, they're at 20.8% for the projected starting lineup. Um, I mean, Nimmo is a guy that strikes out a bunch and Dom Smith and James McCann, but the rest of this lineup is like in that 18 to 22% range. So I, I think Morton is a little pricey here. I mean, the ballpark is nice. I definitely could see him having a really strong game here. Um, he put up 40, almost 40 fantasy points against this team in New York earlier this season. So the upside is certainly there and he's definitely obviously price for the matchup. Um, I don't really have any interest right now in the Mets situation. Um, we'll have to kind of see if we get someone that is going to actually do make a lot more work. Um, as far as bats go on the Atlanta side, I mean, Freeman's always in play, but I mean, Albies is 4K. Uh, I think Albies is someone that, like, if you just want to price play someone, uh, I think Albies is too cheap. He's a switch hitter, so, I mean, it doesn't really matter who's pitching if it is going to be a bullpen game. So, a lot of interest here in Ozzy Albies at this price tag. And, I mean, I don't hate Austin Riley at 3,700 either. So, if you want to two-man those guys or even throw in Freeman to make it a three-man, um, definitely don't hate that idea, but a lot of interest here in Ozzy Albies um, at this price tag. Mets bats. I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in the Mets. Charlie Morton is a guy that does generate a lot of ground balls. Doesn't give up a ton of fly balls. Um, not a guy that typically, you know, gets pounded for more than like one home run. I think he's allowed three home runs in his last 10 starts and no more than one home run in any of those starts. So, I mean, I think the upside is pretty limited here for the Mets, and I don't have a ton of interest in them on a big slate like this. Toronto at Boston. 10 total in this game. Toronto's a 125 favorite. we got Robbie Ray and Garrett Richards. 
Robbie Ray, obviously having a really good season. Um, he's 10-1. He's kind of expensive. He just struggled against this Red Sox team in his last start. Faces them again here in Fenway. I don't have a ton of interest in Ray. I think if you're playing large field tournaments, you could definitely take a shot on like just the skill set of Robbie Ray. I mean, this guy has a 31.7% K rate on the season. It's just, it's really the price. It's 10-1. Obviously, Vegas expecting a lot of runs to be scored in this game. I think we're all going to kind of expect a lot of runs to be scored in this game. It definitely looks to be like a very juicy spot. So I just don't, I don't see myself using Robbie Ray a lot, if any. Um, but again, like I'm a one to three lineup person. So, I mean, if you're playing 150, I think ceiling wise, um, you're, you're looking at the ceiling as far as like Robbie Ray goes. Garrett Richards on the other side of this game. I mean, this is an easy pass for me. You know, Toronto, big offense. Garrett Richards, a guy that doesn't have a big strikeout rate and gives up a ton of hard contact to a team with a ton of power. Um, I mean, I know <laughs> Toronto has kind of failed us here recently, but I think this is a spot that we go back to the well. I think it's a great spot for them overall. And I mean, I love these bats and I don't really have a ton of interest in Richards. Like I said, this guy, 31.5% hard to soft contact ratio um, on the season. So I think overall, this isn't a spot that I want to play Richards. I want to play the bats. Um, Springer, Vlad, Simeon, Bichette, Tiosker, Biggio, Grichik, Guriel. I mean, all these guys I think are in play for Toronto. On the Boston side of things, I mean, Kiki Hernandez, Bogarts, J.D. Renfro, um, all very much in play. I think Renfro is um, someone that I really like for tournaments at 3,200. I don't think a lot of people will target him against Robbie Ray. And um, again, I just I really like the price tag on him. So Kiki is 4-1. That's not bad. J.D. under 5K, Xander under 5K. So Overall, I think Boston's this team that you could definitely look at stacking against Robbie Ray. When he does get hit, it's usually pretty hard. We got the Yankees and the Rays. Jordan Montgomery, Shane McCallahan, seven total in this game. Tampa, a 165 favorite. Um, I've already seen this line move quite a bit, so I expect this line to move um, a lot. If you know, I think this run, this line moves at least one run here before. Um, maybe even before you listen to the podcast. Um, as far as Montgomery goes, 6,700 is a very fair price tag for him. He is someone that I think could potentially beat the Rays, um, and pay off his price tag. My biggest concern, this is the fifth time he's faced this team this, this season. The positive to that is he's averaging almost 20 fantasy points against this team in four starts this season. The price tag is very fair. Tampa and offense for lefties to kind of beat. Um, so I don't hate Montgomery here. There's a lot of strikeouts at the bottom of the order, especially if they leave the lefties in there with Meadows, Lau, Wendell, and Kiermeyer. 30 plus percent strikeout rates there. And this guy has a big time strikeout rate against lefties. So if the Tampa lineup comes out and it's very left handed heavy, very, very doable here for Montgomery. 
Remember, Nelly Cruz is in this lineup now. It obviously offers um, a big right-handed bat against left-handed pitching that they've kind of needed. So, I mean, uh, is that enough to scare me away from Montgomery? I don't think so at 6,700. On the other side, we got McCallahan. It just, I mean, he has shown that he has some strikeout upside. He's 9,300. If he was somewhat cheaper here, I would have so much interest. The price tag is is up there. But, I mean, this guy has a 28.8% strikeout rate on the season. This team has over a 23% K rate against left-handed pitching this season. So, I I see the argument to take shots here. It's more of the price is a lot. Um, McClanahan. Um, I mean, as far as the Yankees' bats go – Stanton, Sanchez, tournament options. I mean, LeMahieu always in play against lefties. He just really hasn't had a ton of power against lefties this season. He's been hitting the ball on the ground a lot. So um, don't have a ton of interest um, in the Yankees bats here. On the Tampa side, again, like, I mean, Nelly Cruz and like you can make a three-man stack now with the Rays against left-handed pitching. You go Rosarina, Franco, and Cruz. Not my favorite stack. This game's in Tampa. Yankees have a really good back end of the bullpen. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing when you're looking at potentially stacking against them. St. Louis at Cleveland, nine total here. Pick them game. Adam Wainwright, Cal Quantrill. Wainwright is 8,800 in this spot. I mean, the Cleveland lineup is not that great, especially the bottom half of this lineup. Um, I think Wainwright is okay. I mean, the matchup isn't bad at all. Like I said, this lineup, not very good. So I could see Wainwright pitching well here. My problem with Wainwright is at 8,800, you really need him to go out and strike out a lot of people. And I mean, there are five guys in the projected lineup with strikeout rates over 30% against right-handed pitching this season. The problem is Wainwright is usually not a big strikeout guy. Cal Quantrill on the other side, really decent against right-handed hitters, you know, limits fly balls. My biggest thing and limits power, but my biggest thing when you're looking at Quantrill is he's not a big strikeout guy. So I don't think he's going to be able to beat the St. Louis lineup being a low strikeout guy. As far as the bats go here for St. Louis, um, I mean, I don't really, I don't think they're bad options, but I also don't think that like Arnado, O'Neill, Goldschmidt would probably be the three guys that I'd target here. Um, the problem is just the pricing. Goldschmidt's 53, Arnado's 52. Um, O'Neal, 3300 that price tag's fantastic. I think he's definitely someone that you could play as a one-off or part of that, like, mini stack. As far as Cleveland, you know, you could always take shots on Jose Ramirez or Framil Reyes. Uh, I think those guys are in play. But, I mean, we might even not, like, we might not even see Reyes in the lineup here. Like, he didn't play Sunday. He was having some back spasms. So this lineup could be even worse. Um and like that might even push us towards Wainwright a little bit more. Um, we'll have to kind of see. Uh, moving on, we got Cincinnati at Chicago taking on the Cubs. Um, 
there is a total out on a couple books here, a nine and a half with the Cubs, a 160 favorite. Vladimir Gutierrez against Alize. Um Gutierrez at 7.8K. Like, I, I love the idea of picking on the Cubs right now with just about anybody. My problem is Gutierrez is not a big strikeout guy. You know, 15.6% on the season. 12% against lefties. And, I mean, he's going to face three or four lefties in this lineup. Strikeout rate goes up a little bit against righties, generates a little bit more ground balls against righties, but overall still not a huge strikeout guy. Um, so, I mean, that's my my biggest concern with Gutierrez here is just overall upside. On the other side, I mean, Alizé does have some strikeout upside. He struggles more against lefties. And, I mean, you got Winker, Vado, Nyquen, and the rest of this lineup is going to be very right-handed heavy. He definitely has some upside if he can get through these lefties, but I mean, the lefties definitely could beat him in this spot. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest concern when playing, paying 8,300 for Alizé. Could he beat him? Sure. I mean, yeah, there's some upside here. Uh, Cincinnati bats, man. I like Winker a lot. Um, he's 4,400 on this slate. I think this is a great spot for him. Really like the price on Joey Votto as well. So if you want to take a like a two man or even throw in Nyquin there um at twenty eight hundred, I think the the three man Cincinnati stack is um somewhat potentially lower owned here. And I mean the Cubs, they're like Baez is expensive. Um wasn't like didn't he get a walk off off the bench on Monday night? I'm pretty sure. Um I don't know what to do with the Cubs here. They've been struggling, but like Rizzo's price is 4,200. Wisdom is 3,900. This dude has a 395 ISO against right-handed pitching this season. I don't, I mean, he's a big strikeout guy, but it's not like Gutierrez is a big strikeout pitcher. So I don't hate taking some shots on the Cubs here. Don't know if I fully go with a full five-man stack. I probably limit it to like three. Um, it's just like when you're looking at potentially five stacking like Toronto and Boston and some of these other teams that we're going to talk about, they just, they look a lot better on paper than like potentially stacking the Chicago Cubs. Arizona at Texas, eight and a half total here. Texas, a 150 favorite Widener against Dunning. Um, Dunning or Taylor Widener, 7,700 here. We know that like Texas is a team that has some strikeout upside or ability. My problem is Weiner gives up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of power in this lineup. So overall, I think, you know, taking shots on some of these bats for Texas um, makes a lot more sense than playing Widener here. And you could play both sides of the plate against Widener. He gives up a lot of hard contact to both sides of the plate. And I mean, Dunning on the other side, solid. He doesn't really get blown up. Um, I mean, I think this is a spot that at 6,400, if you're looking for a cheaper pitcher, you could take shots on him. And he's been a lot better, a lot better at home. He has some big time home road splits this season. Um, and I mean, it's still a smaller sample size when you're looking at like a 90 inning sample size, but big time home road splits, a lot more 
strikeouts at home, um, a lot more home runs on the road. Whip is way higher on the road. Um, X and on Sierra, both lower at home. So I think Dane Dunning um, very much in play here against this Arizona lineup. As far as the Arizona lineup goes, I mean, Escobar, maybe Calhoun. He's just, I mean, there's no pop. He's striking out a, a very high clip. Um, one of the reasons that I like Dunning is this lineup just doesn't look juicy at all right now. Uh, as far as Texas goes, low Garcia Gallo. Um, if, if Heim is in the lineup and he's batting, you know, in a decent spot, He's still only 2K over there on DK. If you're looking for like a punt catcher, I think he's someone that is um, very, very playable here. Uh, moving on. Cruising right along. Hopefully I'm not going too fast. I always talk fast when I do solo podcasts, which is crazy. Been doing it a long time, but um, yeah. We got Chicago White Sox, Kansas City Royals, Dylan Seas, Brad Keller, nine and a half total. White Sox, uh, 150 favorite in this one. Dylan Seas, 8,600. I, I mean, I definitely like this price tag. There's a lot of strikeouts here with Soler, O'Hearn, Dozier, Perez, Taylor, all over 26% against right-handed pitching this season. Dylan Seas, almost a 30% K rate on the season, so... I mean, 8,600 is definitely a really good price tag for Dylan C. So if you're playing tournaments, I definitely think you want to get some exposure to Dylan C's. I could see him having a really strong game or um, busting. <laughs> oh, shocking analysis there. I mean, Brad Keller on the other side, not a big strikeout guy. A lot of hard contact. Doesn't generate a lot of soft contact. Does, however, generate a lot of ground balls. Um but I think overall, this is not a spot for Keller. As far as the White Sox bats go, I mean, Sheets, if he's in a good lineup spot, he's 3,400. He's shown a lot of power in a small sample size against right-handed pitching. Uh, good win, Abreu, Eloy, um, all these guys very much in play here against Keller. On the Kansas City side, I mean, you could always take shots on Perez if you want to pay up. O'Hearn, Santana, Solaire. Um, Solaire had a good good game on Monday night. I mean, he's you know a streaky guy and he's twenty eight hundred and like he's had what two games, two days back to back with multiple home runs. So maybe, you know, he's someone that you could take shots on and just kind of play that streakiness of Solaire. Detroit at Minnesota. Nine and a half total here. Minnesota, 220 favorite. We got Tyler Alexander against Kentai Maeda. Um, Tyler Alexander is 5K. Not a big strikeout guy. The Minnesota lineup is really, really weak right now. Um, I mean, there's, there's worse things that you could do, but I don't think this is a spot that you take a shot on Tyler Alexander. I don't think he pitches more than like 65, 70 pitches here. Uh, I just don't know if he has like the overall upside. I mean, the price tag is nice, but I still worry about like the overall upside here for him. Kenta Maeda on the other side, 8,200. I mean, I think he's going to be pretty popular here. Just put up 
18 and 23 uh, against this team within the last few weeks. Uh, like I said, I think he's going to be popular. He's a big favorite. I mean, I'm worried about the win. Uh, I mean, this lineup is not anything to write home about right now. Um, but I mean, Kenta made a 24.4% K rate on the season, 6% walk rate facing an offense with only two guys with an ISO over 200 against right-handed pitching this season. So, I mean, I, I think he's one of the safer options on this slate. I think he's going to be, you know, somewhat popular here as a big time favorite. Uh, Detroit bats. I mean, Badu and Haas would be the two guys that I'd be looking at here. They've obviously shown the most upside um, outside of like Jonathan scope on the season. But yeah, I think overall, this is a spot that I'm not going too crazy here unless I just want to get contrarian against the chalky pitcher on the slate. Um, Minnesota bats. I mean, Garver and Donaldson very much in play, maybe even like Sano. you know, Alexander does give up a lot of fly balls and hard contact. Garver is somewhat expensive here. Donaldson is priced right at 4,200. I really like Donaldson in this spot. Um, I mean, I like the price tag a lot. Moving on, we got Colorado at LA taking on the Angels. Nine and a half total in this one. Angels a 130 favorite. Austin Gomber against Jose Suarez. Gomber, 7,100 here going up against LA. I mean... Came back and threw 71 pitches last time out. Had a really strong outing against Seattle. Could you play him here? I mean, I think the price tag is very tempting. You know, obviously, one of the best hitters in this lineup, Otani. My problem with Gomber in this spot is this team's going to go very right-handed heavy. against him which makes him like boom bust because he, he has a higher strikeout rate against righties but he also allows a little bit more power to righties which is very typical for a lefty um i mean i think he's a great tournament play on the other side suarez i mean i am one to pick on colorado especially when they're on the road um but suarez 20 percent k rate 10 percent walk rate on the season He's been really solid against um, righties. He just doesn't typically strike out guys at a very high clip, and he's 7,300. I think this price range is actually pretty strong for this slate. So I think overall, this is a spot that I'm going to stay away from Suarez. As far as the bats for Colorado, obviously Story and um, CJ Crone. I think Rogers is interesting here at 3,900. He's shown a lot of power in a small sample size against left-handed pitching this season. So Hampson, Crone, Rogers, Story, all very, very interesting here. Don't know if I fully stacked them, probably more as like one-offs or even like a two-man stack. On the Angels side, I mean, Justin Upton, uh, this guy has shown a ton of power against left-handed pitching this season. He's 3,300. I know he's kind of been really cold since coming back from injury. I think he only has one hit um, since coming back from injury. I, I think you, you play the numbers game here and just kind of take a shot in him against the lefty. Um, I think he's very interesting for tournaments. You got the lot with Dodgers, the Dodgers and the Giants facing off in this one. 
Uh, this game has an eight total. San Francisco opened as the favorites, and this game moved to eight and a half, and the Dodgers, the uh, 130 favorite now. Julio Urias against Logan Webb in this one. Um, Urias is a little interesting here. I mean, this team's going to go very right-handed heavy against him. He's been really solid against righties this season. They're obviously missing you know, some key pieces still um, in this lineup. But, I mean, I don't hate taking a shot here on Yuli Urias. Um, he doesn't typically walk a lot of people, low walk rate, good strikeout rate. And then Webb on the other side, I mean, I think this lineup is healthy enough now. Um, even, well, I guess, like, we'll have to kind of see if Bellinger um, is back with the hamstring injury. So we'll have to kind of see. I mean, he's been fighting injuries all season, um, and Betts is out. You know, obviously Seager's out as well. Um, Lux is out again. But, I mean, yeah, just when you're looking at the Dodgers lineup, even with those guys out, they walk a lot. They don't strike out a ton. Um, Webb's a big ground ball guy. Big ground ball guy. Um you could do a lot worse in this price range, I think, but I don't think this is a spot that I end up on Logan Webb. He doesn't pitch deep into games either. Remember that. Um, As far as bats go here for the Dodgers, I mean, Muncy is someone that I don't mind. Smith is someone I don't mind. I don't love the bats in this game. I think overall this is a good game for pitching. Um, and then like Urias on the other side. I mean, Posey is someone that hits left-handed pitching really well. Um, Ruff or Slater, you always have to worry about like pinch hit risk with those guys though. Um, that's the biggest concern when potentially looking at those guys. Uh, Oakland at San Diego, eight and a half total in this one. San Diego, 130 favorite. Kaplan against Paddock. Um, Kaplan here, 9,400 for the youngster. 26% strikeout rate on the season. Um, has shown some really big upside. This is a tough matchup. You know, San Diego went out and added Adam Frazier, who leads the Major League Baseball and hits this season. I mean, the lineup is even tougher now. Um, don't think this is a spot I want to play Kaplan. 9,400, I think, makes it a little bit easier to stay away from him. If he was like 7,400, maybe we're having a conversation on him here. Uh, Chris Paddock on the other side, he's 8,100. He's really struggled this season. I mean, can't even, it's been over a month since he had a fantasy point game over 20. He's really struggling. The pitch count is all over the place. Um I'm probably going to stay away from Paddock here. I get it if you're going to take some shots in tournaments, um, but I think this is a spot I'm going to stay away from. As far as the Oakland bats go, Mark Kana is interesting. Paddock's kind of reverse splits, and Mark Kana is kind of reverse split power type guy. Um, so him and maybe maybe Olsen and Kemp, I could definitely see going like a three-man here. But, I mean, Mark Kana, I think, is a great one-off um, target for just looking at power. On the San Diego side, I mean, Kaplan is really strong. He does allow a lot of hard contact. So, I think if you want to look at, like, Tatis, Gresham, Machado, Cronenworth, um, and just hunt some 
power. I think that is what I'd be looking at here, um, especially, you know, on the San Diego side. We finished it out. Ooh, 15 games. Um, cruising right along here. Houston at Seattle, eight total in this game. Uh, Houston's a 150 favorite. Lance McCullers against Chris Flexen. Um, I mean, I think Lance McCullers, even at 10-4, is the top pitcher on this slate. The Seattle lineup outside of like Seeger and Hanniger. It's just a team that strikes out a lot. They don't have a ton of power. Um, you know, McCullers is the guy that generates a lot of ground balls. He has a big strikeout rate. He's expensive at 10-4, and, I mean, he's been very hit or miss here recently, but I think this is a spot we could see him go out and have a big game. So I have Lance McCullers as the top guy today. I think he's going to be somewhat popular. Chris Flexen on the other side, low strikeout guy, facing a very good offense. Um, don't really have a ton of interest in him. Houston, I mean, there's going to be a lot of contact here. Chris Flexen throws a lot of strikes. So I think Houston is one of those like potential sneaky stacks on the slate that I don't think a lot of people will be on. So uh, late game hammer, and um, I, I really like the Houston stack. On the Seattle side, I mean, Hanniger and Seeger are always fine, but I, I really just don't see myself using those guys today. If I was going to play anybody, it'd be those guys. But overall, I don't have a ton of interest here. Uh, morning grind game. Thanks for sticking it out with me again. Hopefully I didn't talk too fast. Um, it's always good. Like when I do solo podcasts, I always feel like I break it down for myself better. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Uh, give me Dane Dunning. Over 8K to score under... 15 fantasy points today. Um, give me Kaplan against San Diego. Over 4K to hit a home run today. Um, Joey Gallo. Under 4K to get two hits. I'm going to say Tyler O'Neill, and one of those hits is going to be a home run. Stack to score six or more runs today. Um, I'm trying not to go like Boston or Toronto. Give me trying to get off the board a little bit. Give me Texas. I think that's off the board enough. Give me Texas. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We back tomorrow talking some more baseball We'll have Will on the podcast with us tomorrow. Look forward to talking some baseball with Will. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.